Starts the day off shining bright. Gives you lots of cowboy energy with a flavor that's just right. It's delicious and nutritious. Bite size and ready to eat. Take a tip from Tom, go and tell your mom shredded Ralston can't be beat. The Tom Mix Ralston Straight Shooters bring you action, mystery, and mile a minute thrills in radio's biggest Western detective program. Tonight you're about to hear another episode in a baffling mystery. Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s, with yours truly, Glenn Robison, on Island Radio, KISL Avalon, at 88.7 on your FM dial, and at KISLAvalon.com on your internet dial. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more on everything from Aeolian to Xenophone, and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. On this week's show, we'll celebrate the birthdays of Fred Hager, Jane Green, and Ace Brigaud, for whom we've got new information and three new recordings. We'll also get out our umbrellas, and I hope you're hungry, because we've got a reservation at Rector's. On the December 26th show, I mentioned that Larry Bryars was employed as a musician at Rector's Cafe in New York City. Charles Rector opened the Oyster House restaurant in Chicago in 1884. It was successful to the point where he decided to open a second restaurant in New York City in 1899. Rector's catered to the nouveau riche, big spenders, financiers, including Diamond Jim Brady, singers, dancers, politicians, and gamblers who were at Rector's on Broadway in the heart of the theater district to be seen and put on a big show. No real member of New York High Society would be caught dead in the ostentatious Lobster Palace. About a thousand patrons a day entered through New York's first revolving door into an ornate lobby with a grand staircase and a main dining room decorated in gold and green. Rector's head chef was hired away from the Waldorf Astoria by a $7,000 a year salary. Charles Rector's son George went to Paris to train as a chef and became internationally famous. There were literally hundreds of dishes on the menu, including exotic game, many of them created by George with a la Rector added to the name. Fine food requires fine drink, and there were over 400 beverages, including fine wines from Bordeaux. Patrons spent an average of $2 for dinner. Remember, this was 1900 served by waiters in full evening dress. Linens were imported from Ireland, sterling silver was custom-made in America, and all of the tableware bore the famous Rector's winged griffin. On April 1, 1909, Rector's restaurant was closed and torn down to be replaced by the Hotel Rector, 
an opulent structure in the French Renaissance style. It opened on December 18, 1910, but unfortunately gained an undeserved reputation as a risque hotel and went into involuntary bankruptcy on May 19, 1913. Charles Rector died in Rumson, New Jersey on September 23, 1914, but George Rector carried on and leased the Rector's name in partnership with others for several years. Rector's Hotel became the Claridge Hotel, headquarters for mobsters Lucky Luciano, Meyer Lansky, and Frank Costello, and it was demolished in 1960. In 1928, George Rector was hired as the director of dining car cuisine by the Chicago, Milwaukee, St. Paul, and Pacific Railroad, proclaiming that although the original Rector's was closed, it was now open for business inside the dining cars of the Milwaukee Road. He left after a couple of years and traveled extensively, writing about regional foods for the Saturday Evening Post, and in 1937 played himself in the May West picture Every Day's a Holiday. He hosted a regular series on CBS radio called Dine with George Rector, and wrote several books, including Dining in New York with Rector. And I might just prepare a recipe tonight for teriyaki meatballs from that book. So famous was Rector's Cafe that a song was written about it, and here it is. Why she took the table next to old man Brown. 
You'd hear just how she dropped her card case near him sitting down. Just where he'd find it when she took a walk. You'd hear how to return that case up to her house he came. You'd hear just how her sisters let him join their poker game. And you'd hear about the trimming he got from those simple women. If a table at Rector's could talk. In 1917, Earl Fuller was leading a society dance band at Rector's Restaurant called Earl Fuller's Rector Novelty Orchestra. They made records for Victor, Edison, Columbia, and Emerson from 1918 to 1920. We heard Howdy, written by Josh Hirsch from Columbia A2649, take one of three made August 5, 1918. Before that, 
the famous tramp comedian Nat M. Wills with If a Table at Rector's Could Talk, as he sang it in the Ziegfeld Follies of 1913. This was Victor 17461, Take One, from September 22, 1913. If a Table at Rector's Could Talk was composed by Raymond Hubble with the lyric by Will D. Cobb. I'm Glenn Robison, and you and I are listening to Rapidly Rotating Records, bringing you vintage music to which you can't not tap your toes from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s. Last week I played In Search of a Husband by Fred Van Epps, accompanied by Fred Hager's Dance Orchestra, and mentioned you'd be hearing more from Fred Hager this week. That's because December 31st marked the birth in 1874 in New Milford, Pennsylvania, of Frederick Wallace Hager to Melvin Edward Hager and Anne Elisa Russell. He began studying the violin at age eight and was good enough to receive a scholarship to the National Conservatory of Music of America, founded in 1885 by Jeanette Myers Thurber. Fun fact, Antonin Dvorak was director of the conservatory from 1892 to 1895, and while there, he composed his E minor symphony, subtitled From the New World. By age 21, Fred Hager was leading his own band, and on November 30, 1897, he married Clara Catherine Decker in Manhattan. They ultimately had three daughters, Clara, Florence, and Ethel. Hager made his first recording in 1898 for Harms, Kaiser, and Hagen in New York, and over the next quarter century, he made hundreds of sides as a bandleader for Edison, Columbia, and Xenophon. He worked in music publishing for several years and as musical director for the Boston Talking Machine Company, Kinophone, the Rex Talking Machine Company, and the Otto Heinemann Phonograph Supply Company, manufacturers of OK Records. Hager retired in 1923 to Long Island and died March 3, 1958, in Dunedin, Florida, where he had moved just ten months earlier. Here are three from Fred Hager. Would you like to go back to your old neighborhood To visit the places and faces you knew Just to mingle once more from the old corner store With a gang who were always through blue the old neighborhood seems so different today The way things are changing since you went away Back in the old neighborhood Things are not any too good Proustmeyer's Alleys and Grogan Saloon Have a fancy name now they call Tilly Room The old hurdy-gurdy's don't play anymore Those sweet happy memories Will live evermore When mother and daddy Danced down in our alley Way back in the old neighborhood In my heart there is love For the old neighborhood Sweet memories that linger And cling through the tears All the boyhood I knew Brings me right back to you and I can't help but smile through the tears. 
I would like to go back there more if I could and live all my days in the old neighborhood.
Hager's Band with Lucky Roberts' tune, Music Box Reg from Rex 78, number 5303, made sometime in the mid-19-teens. Before that, Hager's Dance Orchestra with Bronco Trot from OK 4406, recorded in July 1921. Unless you happen to know, you would never guess that Bronco Trot was written by film actor and Hollywood's first Western star, Tom Mix, who appeared in nearly 300 films, 90% of them silent. We started the set with Whistling Johnnies, subtitled A Whistling Novelty, played by Conway's Band from Victor 17396, made July 10, 1913. The Whistlers were Harry McDonough and S.H. Dudley. So why did we include that in our tribute to Fred Hager? Well, because Whistling Johnny's was written by Fred Hager. Last week I played Umbrellas to Mend by the Van Epps Trio. Here's another version, and there may be some Umbrellas to Mend after our recent significant rains here in Southern California. Thank you. 
my umbrella. On a stormy night, I found my Cinderella. In my throat, I felt a lump, and my heart began to jump under my umbrella. She stood in a doorway, so I took my hat and said, I'm going your way. Would you like to come along? Oh, I know it won't be wrong. Under my umbrella. She just whispered with a smile, how romantic this is. And then in a little while, it was raining kisses under my umbrella. What a happy girl, a mighty lucky fella. Now a shower brings delight. It reminds me of the night we met under my umbrella.
Frisco Jazz Band was formed in early 1917 by Rudy Wiedoft, shortly after he arrived in New York City. The name was probably chosen to reflect that the musicians were from California, and the band had no connection to vaudevillian Lucia Frisco. The Frisco Jazz Band's first recording session with Edison took place on May 10, 1917. We started the set with Umbrellas to Mend, notable for one of the band members shouting Umbrella periodically, recorded August 2nd and issued on Blue Amber All Cylinder 3485. The diamond disc we heard, number 50470-L, wasn't issued until July of the following year. Next was the new Grosvenor House band, directed by Sid Lipton with Cyril Grantham and one other providing the vocal. That's from Sterno 1184, made April 4, 1933. Under My Umbrella was written by Charles O'Flynn, George W. Meyer, and Pete Wendling. And we finished up with some good advice. Let a smile be your umbrella on a rainy day. That was Mike Markell's Society Favorites, with Leroy Montesanto singing the Sammy Fain lyric to the tune written by Irving Kale and Francis Wheeler. Rex 8364 was made December 23, 1927. I'm Glenn Robison, and the show is Rapidly Rotating Records. We're here each and every Sunday evening at 6 on Island Radio, FM 88.7 KISL Avalon. Last week, January 5th, marked the birth in 1893 in Rock Island, Illinois, of Athos Charles Brigode to Emile Brigode and Juliet Remy both of whom were born in Belgium and who came to the U.S. in 1884. In 1917, Athos, or A says he would become known, was living in Charleston, West Virginia, and working, as his father did, in a glass factory. A couple of years later, in 1919, Ace married his wife, Carmen J. Payat, who was also born in Belgium. They had three children, daughter Jane and sons Robert and Richard. Ace played saxophone and clarinet and formed his band, Ace Brigode and his Ten Virginians, in Charleston, West Virginia, in 1921. It was later renamed Ace Brigode and his Fourteen Virginians, even though the band ranged from 10 to 19 musicians. The band developed a following on the East Coast and a four-year engagement at New York's Monte Carlo and appearances on the White Rose Gasoline and Jersey Serial radio shows led to coast-to-coast tours, the last of which was in 1945 in Salt Lake City. At that point, Brigode disbanded and became publicity and promotions manager for Chippewa Lake Park in Cleveland, Ohio. He also did voiceover work, and as a matter of fact, it's Ace Brigode who asks, Who put eight great tomatoes in that itty-bitty can? in Stan Freeberg's Contadina Tomato Sauce radio commercials. Ace Brigode died February 3, 1960, at Chippewa Lake, Ohio, and is buried at Mound Hill Cemetery in Seville, Ohio. Ace Brigode is one of my favorite band leaders, and here are three very good reasons why.
There you have three from Ace Brigode and his 14 Virginians. We started with Waitle It's Moonlight, written by Maceo Pinkard. That's take three from Columbia 401-D, June 2nd, 1925. Next was Sleeping Beauty's Wedding, recorded a little over a month earlier on April 30th and issued on Columbia 385-D. Max Rode and Dave Ringel wrote Sleeping Beauty's Wedding. And we finished up with When I Think of You, written by Harry Owens and Vincent Rose. Edison Diamond Disc 51533 was committed to wax on April 9, 1925. Last week, January 2nd, marked the birth in Louisville, Kentucky in 1897 of Martha Jane Green to Charles Frederick Green and Lucinda Willis Green. Jane grew up in Los Angeles, where she graduated from business college, and she and her brother Fred performed across the city. By 1916, she was headlining at McKee's Cafe on Spring Street, where she met Jimmy Blyler, who became her partner, and in 1918, her husband. They were signed by Florence Ziegfeld, and Jane played the Orpheum Circuit, made records, and appeared on Broadway. Jimmy Blyler died in 1924, but Jane had a successful run in London's Piccadilly Hotel and the Kit Kat Club in 1925. In 1917, she married Canadian pianist Ron Wilson, and despite being in a serious auto accident, the following year she appeared in two Vitaphone shorts, accompanied by Wilson. Her career quickly faded, and her last appearance was in the summer of 1931 in the Golden State Blue Monday Jamboree, a variety show broadcast over KFRC San Francisco. Jane Green died in San Francisco August 28, 1931, at just 34 years of age, of a stroke. She was cremated, but her remains are at Forest Lawn's Columbarium of Immortality in Glendale, California. Here are three from Jane Green. Thank you. 
Turn me down when I'm so crazy over you. 
feel so melancholy Since beauty went away I know it's folly But makes me feel this way Oh, I feel like Romeo Once felt for Juliet I've got that brand of loving That you never will forget Oh, I've got those wild romantic blues I want someone to take me Right in his arms and make me Oh, I've got those grimy, frantic blues I want a little turtle jobbing Oh, sweetie, oh, cutie I want a weak and love and small I want to shiver and die before your tears I want to quiver and die right in your arms. Love me any way you can feel. Three from Jane Green, I don't believe I've played before. We started with Mama Goes Where Papa Goes or Papa Don't Go Out Tonight. Jane recorded it on November 13, 1925 with piano accompaniment by Jack Shilkrit, but that effort was rejected, so she tried it again a couple of weeks later on December 4th, backed by The Virginians, directed by Ross Gorman, and that was issued on Victor 19215. Mama Goes Where Papa Goes was composed by Milton Hager with the lyric by Jack Yellen. Next was My One and Only, written by George and Ira Gershwin from the show Funny Face. Take One from December 8, 1927 was issued on Victor 21145. We finished up with Wild Romantic Blues, written by Brian Schwartz. Path A 20480 was made around December of 1920. <laughs> I'm Glenn Robison, and I'm very pleased that you've chosen to spend this past hour with me listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week, and as always, I thank you for your very kind attention. <laughs> ¶¶ 